Let's turn your Bibles to John chapter 7, if you would, John chapter 7, and uh, we think about <clears throat> His Word's important, and uh, we need to stand on His promises, and uh, so basically, um, I think the promise of His presence is important. We need His presence in our life today. If any time ever before, we need Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, we need Him in our lives today in a strong way, and uh, we need to... Uh, we need to have them close, amen? We don't need to have them distant. We need to have them as close in our lives as we can have them. Uh, and uh, seven, John 7, verse 37, we'll start reading here. The Bible says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, and so, uh, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for uh, your rich word. We thank you, God, how it blesses us richly when we get when we look to it. And Lord, I pray that we uh, know, Lord, that from your word, it, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we know, we know Lord, that we live in a, a broken world, a sinful world, a world that desperately needs you. And we are as Christians, we need you in a big way. And I pray that you just help us, Lord, to have the faith as we look towards your word. And it would not diminish. Help us, Lord, that you would just help us have victory over sin. And that we would uh, allow our, li our lives to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit, led and directed, guided. And that we would uh, move constantly towards you. Lord, we live in a day where we know you're, you're coming as soon. I pray that we would uh, love that appearing. Lord, we, I pray that we would be look, looking for it. And I pray that we would just even wake up in the morning sometimes and just wake up and think, I wonder if this is the day you're coming back. I pray that it would change our walk, our, our talk, every aspect, God, that you just bless our lives. We need your blessing. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see that in the early, cha uh, early chapters of the Gospels, we, see, we uh, read the account of Jesus calling his disciples. He calls, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I like fishing. Uh, I mean, I do that much fishing, but it, it seems like a very good thing to do. I fish on a lake. It's kind of, uh, sometimes it can be boring. Sometimes it can be uh, uh, exciting. I've gone out on the lake when it's like 30 degrees or 28, 5 degrees or something like that, and you're getting the boat off a, a trailer, and you feel like your fingers are going to just freeze off. I mean, they're so cold, you can barely, you know, move them. And you're getting out there. You're getting out there early before the sun's come up. You're getting out there because there's some fish to catch. And you're getting out there. With, I remember going out with my dad and going out to this uh, different lakes uh, up in Washington, we'd have this wooden boat that we'd go out into and get out there and do some fishing. Uh, at first, it seemed kind of miserable, but as the sun kind of came up, it really became a great experience. And I've also fished out on the ocean. I've gone out with uh, a man in a church years ago, and I uh, went out to the uh, Pacific Ocean, and, and he had a boat. We went out, and we kept on going out, 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 until you couldn't see land. And we were out there trolling along and catching salmon. And uh, looking, I was looking down in the water. Of course, you're getting sick because the waves are going like this and things like that, and I'm getting sick, so I have to take some seasick pills and stuff like that. But not before I got sick. I kind of got a little sick and felt like I was going to, you know, bring up some something, but nothing happened. But, but that's the kind of life that you have. And he's out there before the sunlight, sun, sun comes up. He's out there and uh, fishing away. And I'm looking down on the water, and I go, hey, that's a shark. <laughs> it's trolling along with, we were moving along pretty good, trolling along with the rig, rigs out the side and the, and the lines down in the water, trolling for, uh, uh, for salmon and catching whatever we could. 
And of course, that, that blue, it was a blue uh, shark about eight feet long, was trolling along with us. I'm going, wow, that's pretty, don't put my hand in water, I guess. <laughs> but that was exciting. It was an exciting experience to go out fishing and, and uh, see that kind of lifestyle. This is something the man had done for years. Uh, he was a fisherman off the, uh, off the Oregon coast. And uh, that was a uh, blessing to be able to do that. Different kinds of fishing that we've done. You know, down on the river, we have people that fish. They get out there and, you know, and they get out there and they have sometimes they have little wader boots or something like that so they don't get their, their boots wet or whatever. And they can get in that water and it's kind of cold and, and they're just fly fishing. They got that fishing going on. That thing goes whipping out and it goes out of the water and, and it kind of jumps on, on top of the water and those fish, they kind of go after it. And hopefully you're looking for the different holes in the river. They're kind of like places where fish kind of hang out for a while to get out of the stream uh, and then they come out of that and they see whatever you have for them and they're going to hopefully you can catch that fish. Some of them are, are kind of smart. Fish get kind of smart sometimes and they get kind of spooked too. But uh, fishing is an amazing thing. But the Bible says, you know, we, we think about the fact that he's, uh, he, he wants to make us fisher, uh, fishers of men, but also he promises launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And that's another thing that he commanded uh, uh, to do. He also commands, take the loaves and fishes. If you remember the time when there was 5,000 and the feeding of the thousands there, and uh, he, do, he had done it twice. We understand in the word of God that he had uh, fed thousands of people. And some of us know that if there was 5,000 that were there, uh, there could be obviously 15 to 20,000 or more. It could be a lot of people that were there. And uh, so he commands, take the loaves and the fishes that this little boy has. And so what a wonderful thing that is, as he, he, he multiplies and makes a lot of nothing. And I thank the Lord that he does that. He's able to do that. We think here, step by step, these disciples stand on the promises. We as Christians, we need to stand on the promises. Later at the ascension of Jesus, Peter wrote, whereby, we, uh, uh, whereby are given unto us exceeding uh, great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Truly, the promise of Jesus are great and precious, and in these days of broken promises and broken hearts, we are going to learn about the claim, many of the great and precious promises of Jesus Christ. We think about the promises. There's promises in his word, and we need to have the faith, and we need to have the time, and we need to have the focus to look at those promises and say, yes, I'm going to stand on those promises also. We start off with the promises of salvation. We understand that Jesus died for us and took care of everything as far as concern, concerning salvation. And there it sits as a gift right before us. And what are we going to do with that gift? It's not enough to look at that gift and go, by. that's a very nice looking gift. But we need to imply and we need to take it and receive that gift and make it ours. And so then we're, taking, we're standing on the promises of salvation. We understand what he's done. And we're taking part on that. And it continues on. And as you continue on, your first step of obedience is getting baptized. And of course, Joshua got baptized this morning. First step of obedience is doing that. And so we understand when we look through uh, Acts and, and the early church, uh, many were added to the church, uh, and they were saved, they believed, and they were baptized. Many people were baptized day by day. It was such, such an, a, a big event uh, of thousands of getting baptized. They, were, they were, got saved, and then they got baptized. And so those were added to the church daily. It didn't say weekly. It said daily. We think about an impressive uh, outgrowing of things. And as you see the disciples, they, as they uh, uh, are brought before the magistrates and say, these men that have turned the world upside down, their belief in Jesus Christ and the movement that had happened and was happening to go and spread the gospel to the whole world uh, was turning the world upside down. At least in their eyes, they said, look at this is the, what the world was saying. And God was doing a great work. We think about how uh, uh, the, the promise regarding the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to have the Holy Spirit. 
we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We, in our lives, we can be distant from the Holy Spirit. It's very important that we get right with God. We understand the importance of getting our lives where God can bless us. We need to be blessed with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He needs to be there. We need to uh, understand that He needs to be there. He's very precious. He's very important. He points us to Jesus. We also understand that He has promised to all who believe in Christ, uh, there in verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let me encourage you, the fact that uh, the Holy Spirit that's in you is a well of water in a very dry land. And you're not the only one that needs a drink of that water. We have other people out there that need to drink of that water. They need to hear the testimony that you have. They need to hear uh, the things that you have to say concerning what the Holy Spirit wants you to say concerning the gospel. And we think about when we have faith to receive Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us. So when we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit takes residence into our lives. The early disciples of Christ received the Holy Spirit after Jesus was glorified. In verse, 30, uh, verse 39, this was a picture in Exodus 17 when Moses struck the rock at Horeb. The rock, a picture of Christ smitten the water, a picture of the Holy Spirit flowing. What a necessity. What are we, the people were, were complaining and go, oh, we need water. We're thirsty. We're without. And what are we looking around today? We're without. We're without something very important, very necessity. And, and, and that's God in the picture. That's the, uh, the Holy Spirit and that picture of water. And I understand that we as Christians, you know, we, we think about there's some times in our lives when we say, wow, that cup of water. You know, sometimes we're, we're drinking Coke and we're drink, drinking lemonade. We're drinking all the different things. We, we can drink a lot of different beverages we like. Uh, coffee. Some of you guys start out with coffee in the morning, things like that. But there is a time when we just drink that cold glass of water and that water is never tasted as good as it's tasted then. I mean, we're just, we're just taking it all the way down, and we're ready for seconds. Because we've maybe even outside, and we've got a parched taste, and there's nothing like water to quench the taste uh, or the need that we have. And let me tell you that in this broken world that we live in, there's nothing that can quench the taste that we have other than Jesus. No philosophy, no religion. Uh, there, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is something only the Holy Spirit can provide, only what God can provide. We think about all the different things. Not only about you, but we live in a day and age. Everybody's uh, on the diet craze. Everybody's trying a new diet and this and that. And you've got to do this. You've got to do that. And even the Christians are doing, oh, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. And yet, really, in reality, all we need to do is we need to have Jesus. Amen. Amen. We can have all the different things in our lives. And uh, we need to have Jesus. I think of uh, John the Baptist as he went out and preached. He didn't have much. He looked like, well, he looked like... Uh, quite a guy. I mean, he had, uh, he had uh, probably, he was eating, out there eating locusts, and God was providing whatever he had, but boy, he was a man of God, and, uh, and he had respect of God. He feared God, and the power of God was upon him, and it's not about all, all that you have. We, in America, we have everything. We think we have to have things, you know, but we don't have to have anything in order to have God in our lives. We see uh, he promised to, uh, to all who believe in Christ uh, that he would indwell us. We think about that, that water that we have in our lives. Also, we see it be he is present with us forever. Flows, uh, flow rivers of living water. We think uh, years ago in 2005, I took my family uh, across the country. We had a five-week vacation, and we took our trailer, and, and, uh, our, our, and we had an excursion. We towed that trailer, big, long trailer, across the country, and we went across and visited my brother in Nevada, or North, was it... Uh, New Mexico, that's right. I, I, I like to forget that state. No, just kidding. <laughs> but no, we, we drove across the country, and we drove across, and we went up through uh, 
uh, up through the country, up into Canada and across, because that's what we wanted to do, go over to Niagara Falls. And boy, was that something incredible. If you've never been to the Niagara Falls, they say, I think they say 20% of the water flows over that every year or something like that of the world. I don't know if that's true or not. That seems like a lot of water, but it is a lot of water that flows over that. It's powerful. It's incredible. And the, the water that's coming up there is a powerful thing. And uh, <laughs> it was incredible. And we think about the thousand, uh, thousands of years that has been the mighty wall of water, uh, water has pounded down through that area. Uh, turn to John chapter 14, if you would. John chapter 14, verse 16. John 14 and verse 16. And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In verse 17, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You know, um, the Christians then, they really knew, they, need to ha they needed to know God, amen? In the, in the realm, we think things are bad now. We, in our world today, back then, things were bad. I mean, you didn't know from one day to the next what was going to happen concerning persecution and the different things that were going on. You were living in an occupied area. Uh, by a Rome, the Roman Empire had would now occupied their area in, in Jerusalem and around that area. And so you def, definitely didn't know what was going on. It was whatever the leader said that was going to happen. That was the way it was going to be. Uh, there were no elections, uh, as far as I know. Uh, and we see that uh, we understand that in their in their uh, in their uh, in their knowing, knowing God, they really needed to know Him. They needed to, they needed to be connected to the uh, to that source of encouragement and power, and the things that they needed came from God. We understand that uh, today we have a lot of Christians. We you know we we get to know God just enough. You know what I'm saying. We've just, we have our little time, we have uh, prayer, we have our little time of reading the Bible, we have, and we may be, uh, but, but we, how much, how much time do we spend with Him? Yeah. And we see the importance of spending time with God and talking to Him. Amen. And to know that there are Christians today that maybe go days or weeks without talking to God. Yeah. Maybe days or weeks without reading the Bible. Did you know that uh, you would think that through COVID-19 and the couple of years that has happened, you'd think people would get more connected with the Bible and be reading the Bible. But just in reading the Bible, they say that it has drastically fallen in the amount of people that read the Bible during the uh, COVID-19 time, as far as Christians are concerned, or, or so-called Christians, uh, that time has diminished. It, it fell quite a bit. And it has been, been consistently falling. It's a strange thing in a time that you would think you'd be reached out to God and, and spending time in God, and you've been quarantined, you've been at home, you've had time. But we see that, or at least many Christian, or Christians have had time. But it has fallen away. We see America has fallen away from God. We as Christians, we can fall away from God if we're not careful, if we're not standing on His promises. We also see, He shall give you a comforter. And, and what a great thing that is. He, and also that the fact that He will abide forever, permanent residence. I will never, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always there. And that's a great thing. The Holy Spirit is Christ in us. The only one who can live the Christian life in Christ, uh, in Christ he indwells us through the Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says this, Ephesians 1.13, uh, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption, until the redemption, 
of purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And it all goes to his glory, what he's done. The transformation and the process which we're in. And we understand that he's, he's put down on it and he's made a commitment. We're, he's committed to doing it. If you're a Christian you're, you, and you've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, uh, he's committed. He's, he's in for the long haul. Not like the long haul like we're committed. Sometimes we're committed and we don't only get committed so long. But God doesn't go back on his commitments. Amen? <laughs> we, live, we, we, we serve a God that is absolutely, we can trust. And praise the Lord for that. We also see the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is present immediately after salvation. The disciples had to wait until Christ ascended. But we will receive the promise at salvation. Romans 8, 9 says this, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of, of Christ, he is none of his. John 3, 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, praise the Lord, in 1976, there was, a, there was a church that was giving out the gospel. Amen. I received Christ as my Savior. It was the third Baptist church that I had started attending. I was only 10 years old. But I can tell you that the other three, two churches that I used to go to, and they were Baptist churches, didn't give an altar call. I don't remember ever hearing the gospel. Yeah, they had good people going to those churches, and they, they, had, they were just going through religious whatever. But when I got to this church, they were giving out the gospel. Amen. And then they gave an invitation. All right? The devil doesn't like invitations, yeah. by the way. Right. He doesn't like invitations. Yeah. You know, the devil isn't busy. He isn't down at the tavern working with those people down at the tavern. He's already got them duped. Yeah. Uh, he's not working with those people that are on drugs and other things that are happening in people's lives that are in the broken world that we're living in. He's working right here, in, and he does not like what's going on in the church. Yeah. And he is doing everything he can to tell us, oh, you don't need an altar call every service. Oh, you don't need an altar call. Uh, you can go without it. Make, they can, you know, but we need altar calls. Yeah. We need the, the time where uh, we, 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 we take it and we're serious with what we are, we're going to do. It's not enough that we look at the gift of eternal life and say, well, that's awfully nice. We need to make a commitment. We need to make it ours. And we need to choose to live for him. And we make those changes that we need in our lives. As the Holy Spirit's supposed to direct our hearts, our lives, he prods our spirit. And by the way, when I got saved, it was the prodding of the Holy Spirit said, you need that, John. You need that. And I went forward and received Christ as my Savior. Realizing now what I had, realizing at that point that not only did I need him, but what it really meant to be saved. Oh, in the past, I had thought about the fact that, well, I wonder why Jesus went to the cross and died. And yeah, I, I heard that he was placed in the tomb and he rose again. And I was thinking through the gospel or the gospel, but I didn't know what it all meant. You know, there's many people out there in the, in, in the world today, they don't know what it means. You see, we as Christians, we know what it means. And we understand that we, are, uh, we, we need to pass it on. You know, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, sharing the gospel is like one beggar telling the other beggar where he got the bread. <laughs> hey, this is where I got the bread. And the bread of life, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that, uh, we see that uh, it's a great thing when you know Christ. He is absent from those who reject Christ. The Holy Spirit is absent from those that re reject Christ. John 14, 17 says this, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And so we have the opportunity to, we have the opportunity to know him, know him more as he indwells our life. But the world doesn't know him. The world has no idea what's going on here. Is this, what, what, I'm not seeing this. And they're blind. They're blind to the glorious gospel. 
And so uh, we have, uh, note the unsaved man, this is all a, all a big waste of time. Uh, Bill Gates and Time Magazine, quite a few years ago, in terms of time allocation, church attendance is a poor investment. Yeah, poor investment. But it isn't. It's a great investment. It's, it's a worthwhile investment. Especially if you're born again, even for those that are not, they need to be in here for the gospel. We see that 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. We, uh, we as Christians, we uh, need to have spiritual discernment. Today, there's, uh, there's people that, uh, uh, that need that discernment. And we have, a, we have a world that is broken. So many Christians are trying to act like they're in the world. Yeah. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But a lot of Christians today, they're wanting to be of the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want to look in like they're part of the world. I want to keep up with the Joneses down the street. I want to keep up with all the different people and, uh, and drive and do all, everything that they're doing. But that's not what God wants us to do. We see that also, we see number three, the provision of the Holy Spirit. He provides assurance. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Are you the, spirit, are you the children of God? Are you the children of God? Think about this. Uh, we think about that, that song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Blessed Assurance. Is it really blessed? Every day it could be blessed if we allow it. We see that if we, if we, if we have faith, we look for it. And it needs to be a part of our day. It needs to be, and a lot of times we get messed up because we don't start off in the right. We need to get back in bed and get out on the right side of bed and, and uh, start with God. Amen. Amen. And we see that uh, it provides assurance. Also, the, it provides power to witness. Turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We think about a broken world today. We have a world that is broken. It's filled with sin. People are in despair. People are taking their own lives. And uh, people are uh, getting on drugs and all the other things, getting involved with that gambling, getting all, involved with all kinds of stuff. Uh, sin is abounding, by the way. That's right. Me, we as Christians, sometimes we can be sheltered from that. We don't know exactly what's going on out there. And if you get out there enough, you will understand that we live in a broken world. And it's a terrible thing. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. See how uh, it moves its way out. How the word of God was moving its way out. And it was moving its way out there in Jerusalem and in all, uh, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the other parts of the world. And we see the importance of us understanding that the gospel needs to go out. Amen. It has that power, has that need for it to go out into the world. And we as Christians, we know that we go out in the highways and the hedges, we shake the bushes and the kids fall out, right? Or for the van ministry. Uh, and people are out there. And, and it's an amazing thing. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and all they need is sometimes we need somebody to hand them a track and invite them to church. And perhaps even go through the gospel and, and let them know that Jesus loves them. And as, he, as God orchestrates in your life and works in your life, the Holy, works, the Holy Spirit works in your life, uh, things can happen. Amen. Like you came at the right day. I was going through something and I needed what you had to say. Yeah. And if you hear that, I'm telling you, that you know the Holy Spirit has orchestrated that time with that person. Amen. He has scheduled a time for you with that person. And we, we as Christians, we waste that because we don't give out the gospel. It's our purpose. It's our need. Zechariah 4.6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word 
of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. If the job ever gets done, if the job gets done, it's going to be by the, Holy, it's going to be by the power of God. Amen. If it gets done. We need him. All right? We do things foolishly in the flesh. And so we understand that it's an important thing for us to get into the Word of God, and we need to get it out, the Word of God, the gospel. We, we had some soul-winning program here, uh, and we're promoting soul-winning. Yeah, that's right, in summer. And yeah. by the way, there's a lot of churches that don't do that in summer, all right? Yeah. All right we're taking a little vacation, for you know, and we're having soul-winning in summer. Yeah. And so, by the way, that we get in the fall, we need to continue the soul-winning. We need to be yeah. emphasizing that in our lives. We as Christians and individuals need to be giving out the gospel. There are churches that give out thousands and thousands of tracts, and they give out thousands of John Romans, and they give out a lot of witnesses uh, out there to people, and, and things are happening. God is blessing that. Amen. And uh, so we need to say, well, you can't do it here. You can't do it there. Don't tell what God can't do. Amen? Yep. Let's just do it and see what God will do in our lives. We see that he provides guidance. John 16, 13 says he, uh, we need guidance in our lives. So many uh, in this world today, even Christ, a lot of Christians, don't have the guidance. But John 16, verse 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall ye speak. And he will show you things to come. Great things are in store for the Christian. And we as Christians, we're kind of waiting around for those great things to happen. For uh, some reason, we think great things happen only when we get raptured. But things, great things can happen here right now Amen. as we live and choose to live for Him. As we, be, we take off the out-of-order sign around off of our neck and we go, I'm in order now. I, I'm, I'm not out of order. I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm available, God. Guess what? I'm not out of order. I want to get right. I want to turn. I want to repent. I'm going this way. I'm going to repent. What does that mean? I'm going the other way. Amen. In thought, in mind, in operation. That's good. And so uh, we see that. And we need to turn and we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not guided by the flesh. I mean, right. Plenty of us get to do it by the flesh. Yeah. Many of us may be able to run a marathon. Some of us might be able to run a marathon or whatever. But that's in the flesh. We understand in the power of God. We need the power of God with us. Amen. He needs to lead us, guide us. It's His program. It's not ours. Amen. We see, and a lot of people say that somehow some Christians get the thought that, well, I got to save somebody. No, God does the saving. We just do the telling. And we let God, we, the results are up to God. And that's better, too, because God gives the glory. Look who, who, look who he gets to use, me. God gets the glory, obviously. And so he, he gets the glory. And so, but it'd be an incredible thing when we choose to live, live for him. We've got great things in store in heaven, but we also have great things in store here on earth. And I think many of us Christians miss out because God is not limited. We look back all the glory days. Oh, we look back at times perhaps, all the glory days. Look at all the people that were saved back in, you know, 1993. Look at all the people that were saved in 2000 at this service or at this year. But we had so many visitors at this church. We had so many people getting saved. Uh, God's not interested in the past. He's interested right now, here now. Our focus right here now. God wants to do You know, he's the same God as he was Amen. back in the time of Elijah. He's the same God as he was with Moses. He's the same God as any time, even time of Paul. He's the same God. He is not limited. The only thing that is limited is we limit him. Right. Yeah. Time, even, even, in the, uh, uh, even as Jesus could do no mighty miracles, I think, in his hometown, because the Bible talks about lack of faith. Yeah. The lack of faith. It limited the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right. The lack of faith. 
Oh, we need to have faith, believing. Let me encourage you, challenge you to be uh, to have that faith. So we see that you know, he's going to guide us, guide, uh, guide, lead the way to truth. Guide to a Christ-exalting life. John 16, 14. He shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Note our flesh will lead us to stray, to find trouble and sin, but God's Spirit leads us to truth. Ye shall know the truth, and truth shall set you, what? Free. <laughs> the devil's busy trying to entangle you. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you, ever, you ever got out of your garage, got into your garage, and I can't. Don't even look at my garage because you'll find it. But you can go to my garage, and something is tangled. I mean, you've, oh, you know, we need, uh, what do you call it? We need an extension. Go get an extension. You take that out, and you're going, wow, this is, <laughs> it's a big ball, you know. And you're going, this is all tangled up. And it's going to take you a while to get it untangled. And there's things in life that it takes a while to get it untangled. And we understand that the devil wants you there. He wants you there. He wants to tangle up your life. But you know, the only person that can untangle stuff sometimes is God. He's the only one that can do it. We think whether in health or whether spiritually or other areas, he's the only one. He wants us to look to him. And I'm telling you, the devil comes along, boy, watch this. I got some, they have some real big tangling, untangling to do. Watch this. He throws in something into our lives. And the devil works in our lives. And he wants us to see a struggle without God's help. Watch this. He's, oh, he's stressing out. Oh, no, wait. He's turning to God. He's praying to God. He's letting God help. Oh, great. (laughs) Resist the devil and you'll flee. i got to flee now. Great. Now he's turning to my promises. Great. And we see today we have entanglements, and he wants to guide us, and he will set us free. We need to be set free. You know, there's a victory that God has for a Christian. It's not just God's victory. It's victory for the Christian, us as Christians. We get to feel it. We get to experience it. We get to have it in our lives, and we get to walk away. And perhaps if we allow God to work in our lives, uh, we get to end the day and go out. And we could look at we could look at our spouse. Or we could look at somebody else. And say, did you see what God did today? Amen. Wow! Can you? And it's so exciting because we let God do something. Amen. We got we we gave Him. We had faith. We had we 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 understood that we allowed the Holy Spirit to have a great presence in our lives. We're filled with the Spirit. We understand he, devo- he, he, de- he provides comfort in trials. Now, there are going to be trials in our lives. There's just, it's just the way it is. Comfort in the trials. He's going to give grace. John 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you, and from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So we understand that the Comforter, or the Holy Spirit, we understand that he, he testifies of Jesus. And we understand that he points people to Jesus. And we understand that John 14, 6, uh, uh, or 14, 18, excuse me, John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Uh, we see that, you know, he's there every step of the way. And God provides things that man can't provide. I know that we end up in, in, a, in a bad situation. We go, to the, we go to the hospital, and for whatever we're going through, maybe the doctor will give us pain medication and this and that and try to help us, and they'll encourage us. They'll do whatever they can for us. They'll hydrate you and all the different things they do for you at the hospital and things like that. But we understand that there's some things that only God can do, and he provides for us. And, he, and we understand we need to look to him because he's totally, he's ultimately in control. And so our flesh will try to, will, will try to stray but also we see that um, in this world today, we, have, we, need, we need the Lord Jesus Christ to work. We need the comforter. We need the comforter in our lives. 
We need to have that relationship that allows him to have complete dominance. Amen. You know, there's that song, I Surrender All, you know. Some of us, we might find ourselves singing that song, I surrender all, I surrender all. But the problem with that sometimes is that we have to keep surrendering. And sometimes we take back some of that stuff and we have to re-surrender it. And we have to keep making the changes. I think of some ships that are important. I think church is very important. The Bible says, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You know, church is important for us to be here. The Bible commands it. I think that um, if you were a captain of a boat, a big ship, and you were going across and you knew how to, sh- how to navigate that boat, you would uh, be consistently, completely always looking. You'd be, whoever is the piloting that ship, you better be making sure that ship is going in the right direction. And I know today we have computers and things like that. They're making all kinds of changes, but they're constantly making changes because the waves, they push it this way, or the wind, or the storms, it pushes it this way, and it pushes it that way. And we understand that in life, our, our lives get pushed one way or pushed the other way, and we, pretty soon we find ourselves going the wrong way. Uh, and uh, are we going in circles? You ever been on a boat where you thought you're going in circles? That's not a good thing. Uh, you know, you only have so much fuel. But we understand that in our lives, uh, we need to be vigilant, and we need to let the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, keep us on the true course that he wants us to be on because we get off course. It's not hard. It's easy. You get on the boat, it's not hard to get off course. And I know that at, uh, at certain times, the, the, uh, the uh, people that were on the ships, things like that, they, had, they looked at the stars, they get navigated. It was very important they keep on top of it. If, it. if they did not do that, it could cost them days off their travel time. And they could be in a bad situation. We understand with a Christian life, we need to keep making changes to, co- to our course. How does that happen? We come to church. We're obedient. We're listening. We're in tune to the Holy Spirit. We're making changes in our lives. You may come to church and he may be preaching. The pastor may be preaching on something. And God chooses to talk to you about something that he's not even talking about. God has that ability. You may be walking down the street and God talks to you. Because you spent time in God's word and you started praying. And you invited him to be in your life. And God, you directed you that day. And he starts talking to you. And he starts guiding you. And he may encourage you and he may impress upon you to talk to somebody about the gospel or give a gospel track. Divine appointments. We as Christians, we need to have those divine appointments. Today, are we letting God have preeminence in our life? Are we, are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we acknowledging that he's even there? We need to acknowledge. We, think, we need to be thankful that he's there. So many of us, we're so unthankful. I'm, I'm talking to myself sometimes. I just don't acknowledge him as I ought to. And we need to acknowledge him in our lives. And we need to be thankful for that he's there. And he's guiding us. He's directing us. We need his spirit to be strong in our lives every day. And uh, let me ask you, are you you allowing him to assure you, empower you, guide you, and comfort you? Have you ever met people that didn't want people's comfort? They needed it, but they didn't want it. They needed it, but they didn't want it. And sometimes when they all of a sudden they get it, and they get it in the right spirit, they go, boy, you know what? I didn't want that, but I'm thankful that you were there to give it. Amen? And we're, we need, even though you may not understand it now, but we need him now. We need Amen. his comfort. We need his, uh, his, we need him in our lives. That's right. All right? Even when we think, we're, oh, I got this. I got this. Yeah. Oh, beware. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? Pride goes, goeth before a fall. I'm yeah. always thinking about that. Right. Hey, it's not hard to make mistakes. Uh, we understand, but it's a mistake to go without the Holy Spirit. And so to die... As we think about that, are we allowing, as we go into a new week here, we're going into a new week. 
And God could, has the ability to use us or not use us. Amen. And that depends on whether we're standing on the promises of God's word and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. Is he guiding us? Because perhaps there's something in your life tonight. Perhaps there's something that's in the way. Maybe it's an idol. I don't know. Maybe there's something in, in the way of him using you. And maybe you need to get that taken care of. Amen. There's that verse, 1 John 1, 9. And it's a powerful verse. I never get tired of this verse. It's kind of like John 3, 16. I never get tired of uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from some unrighteousness. Oh, wait, somebody caught me on the wrong. All unrighteousness, see? All unrighteousness, that's right. And so all unrighteousness. Don't let anybody else tell you anything different than what the Bible is telling you. All right? Follow his spirit and follow him. And, he, and you can't go wrong. Let him use you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, for tonight.